Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 44. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have said, truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the other understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw, he answered wisely. He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared ask him any questions. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, How is it can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself by the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand under, until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? And the large crowd was listening with him with delight. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and have the best seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will achieve greater condemnation. Then he sat opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called disciples and said to him, Truly I tell you, this poor widow who put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Today we are continuing our Lenten sermon series. We're talking about the way that we are changed as people when we decide to follow Jesus. And today we're talking from the transformation of seeking cheap love to that of seeking costly love. Of seeking something that is cheap to something that costs us something. And we start by looking at our scripture readings. 
Our scripture readings start, as they so often do in the Gospels, with Jesus being questioned by a religious authority. And Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus quotes from what is known as the Shema in the Judaistic faith, which starts with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you are to love the God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Jesus continues, And you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So our scripture starts with Jesus setting us up by calling us to love. We're called to love God, our Creator. And we're called to love our neighbor, our brothers and sisters. And Jesus continues. He gets asked a few more questions. And when he's done being questioned, he and the disciples move to a hill. And they sit and they people watch. And they watch as people go to the treasury. In those days at the temple, there was a treasury where people took their offerings instead of collection plates being offered. And they watch people put in the money that they are offering. During Jesus' time, it was public knowledge what people gave because you did it in a public way. People knew how much you gave. It's, today, it's something we hold very close to ourselves. And the disciples and Jesus see many wealthy people go and put large sums of money in the treasury. But then they see a poor widow. And she puts two coins that equal a penny into the treasury. And although the wealthy people's contributions probably helped the temple more, went further towards paying their insurance or paying their electric bill or whatever bills the temples might have had, Jesus lifts up the poor widow. He says, there is one who will inherit the kingdom of God. There is one who did good because she gave everything she had. The wealthy, they gave out of their abundance. Yes, they gave a large sum of money, but for them it will not be missed. The widow, she will feel the pain of those two coins. She will feel the loss. That will actually cost her something. The wealthy just keep on going without blinking an eye. I read a study this week that says that this attitude is still prevalent in our, in our society today. That the poor and the lower income levels are more likely to give a higher percentage of their income than the more wealthy. And the author said that this might be because the poor know what it's like to need or to want. So they're more likely to help others. But Jesus highlighted the woman that gave everything, whose offering cost her something. It might not be as much as what the wealthy people gave, but it was more meaningful, more impactful because of the passion and the meaning behind it. We see Jesus call us to love God and to love our neighbors And we see that this love is to be a costly love, not a cheap love, not a love that costs us nothing. 
When something costs us something, when something impacts us, we are more likely to take ownership of it. To want to be part of it. To feel like we belong to it. We're going to place greater importance on that. If something doesn't cost you anything, it's not that important to you. It's something that can be thrown away, easily replaced. And Jesus says that is how it is with our love. Think about what Jesus says in the Bible. Jesus calls to the disciples. He calls them to costly love. He says, leave all your possessions behind and follow me. And it costs them everything. And gains them everything. Jesus says to the young rich ruler who comes to him seeking to follow Christ, go sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and follow me. The young ruler went away sad because he was seeking only cheap love. He was seeking only love that cost him nothing. Jesus says to us, take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. Jesus calls us to give of ourselves. To give all of ourselves. To submit to Christ. To be transformed by Christ. To follow Christ. And thinking about cheap love versus costly love, my mind went to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century. And one of his first books he wrote was a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And in it he wrote about cheap grace versus costly grace. And this is what he wrote. Cheap grace means grace sold on the market like cheap jacks wares. The sacraments, the forgiveness of sin, the consolations of religion are thrown away at cut prices. Grace is represented as the church's inexhaustible treasury from which she showers blessings with generous hands without asking questions or fixing limits. Grace without price. Grace without cost. The essence of grace, we suppose, is that the account has been paid in advance. And because it has been paid, everything can be had for nothing. Since the cost was infinite, the possibilities of using and spending it are infinite. What would grace be if it were not cheap? Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Costly grace is the treasure hidden in the field. For the sake of it, a man will go and sell all that he has. It is the pearl of a great price to buy which the merchants will sell all his good. It is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his nets and follows him. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again. The gift which must be asked for. The door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. And it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. 
It is costly because it costs a man his life, and it is grace because it gives the man its only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin, and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it costs God the life of His Son. Friends, this is something that Bonhoeffer not only wrote about, not only preached about, but something he wrote about. In case you couldn't tell by the name, Dietrich Bonhoeffer grew up in Germany. And he was a pastor during Adolf Hitler's rise to power. And as he saw Hitler rise to power and start condemning the Jewish people, he spoke out on his radio show against it. And the Nazis turned their eyes to him. And he became a wanted and condemned man. And some colleagues of him helped him escape to the United States where he taught at Union Theological Seminary. After a short time there, though, he realized that he loved God with a costly love. A love that required all of him. A love that required him to sacrifice. So he moved back to Germany. And he loved his neighbors, both the German people and the Jewish people. And he worked with the Jews to help them escape. And he spoke out. And he ever, even gave up his pacifism to be caught, uh, part of an attempt to assassinate Hitler. He was caught. He was arrested. He was sent to a consecration camp. He was given the chance to escape numerous times, but he would not instead staying and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and refusing to leave for fear of what might happen to his cellmates and to his family. And he continued to preach costly grace and costly love until he was hanged and put to death. This was not something that Bonhoeffer just talked about or preached. This is something that Bonhoeffer lived. That loving Christ requires a cost. That when we follow Christ, it's not something we do cheaply because Christ requires us to give all of ourselves, to further the kingdom of God, to do Christ's work here on earth. There's a story about a job fair at a high school. An employer after employer got up there and gave their spiel, why you should come work with us, come see us at the table after the job fair. And the Marine got up there and said, I don't know why I'm here. I'm wasting my time. I'm looking at this crowd and I'm saying, not one of you has what it takes to follow the Marine Corps, to give what it takes to come And be a Marine. You're all soft. You're all weak. You've got nothing to offer. And then he sat down. Guess whose table had the biggest line after the presentations were over? Because it took something to be a Marine. It cost them something to be a Marine. They wanted to see what it was all about. When we decided to follow Christ... We are called to take up our crosses. We are called to give of ourselves. We are called to invest in the body of Christ, to sacrifice ourselves. If following Christ costs nothing, then following Christ means nothing. 
And Jesus showed us what costly love could be. Jesus showed us in the garden when He prayed, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but Your will be done. Jesus showed us on the cross when He said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus showed us what a costly love could look like. Because there's no doubt that is what the love He had for us. For it cost Him His life. So I leave you with the words of Christ. Who said, this is a new commandment I give unto you. Love one another as I have loved you. And friends, if you know anything about Jesus, you know that that was not a cheap love. But it's a love that cost Him everything. And it's a love that we are called to have for God and for our neighbors. Amen.